Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo, yo, yo! What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to episode 112 of the FIGHT podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente. And yo, we got a fire episode for you guys today. Today, we're going to go ahead and recap everything from this amazing fight weekend that we just had. Um, I'm going to go ahead, obviously, go over fight news and kind of let you guys know a little bit what we have going for the rest of the week as well. Um, But before we get to that, remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code Fight for 15% off your first three months. Also, go ahead and check us out on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Um, And again, remember, we're on all podcasting platforms. Please, please, please check us out. We're um, everywhere podcasts are available. Um, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, we're everywhere, you know, on all social media platforms as well at The Fight Podcast. Holler at us at the website. Um, let us know what you think, man. Um, thefightpodcast.com and much more, man. So, yo, without further ado, let's go ahead and get up in the episode. Uh, yo, uh, happy Tuesday. Um, I'm recording this on Tuesday. You guys probably end up getting this on Wednesday. Um, Yo, this weekend was incredible um, in terms of fights. I can't lie. I don't know what was going on today, though. Um, Setting everything up, um, getting ready for the show. Um, Yo, I got like nervous, legitimately nervous, um, like crazy butterflies putting like this episode together. I have no idea, man. I've been feeling like that recently um, with a lot of episodes. But look, I'm 112 episodes deep. Uh, I guess it still means I care. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it is what it is, man. But, um, all in all, man, uh, it, it's been, it's been a good one. Um, Chicago's finally starting to get a little nice with weather. Um, happy mother's day to all the mothers out there, man. I had an opportunity to go ahead and, uh, really kick it. You know, my mom was obviously she's around, um, grandmother was in town my aunt was in town uh so i was able to go ahead and kind of kick it man went to go see you know with my mom went to my grandmother's uh grave not the most fun thing in the world man seeing my mom you know break down in tears look man i don't care how old you get i don't care what it is that's never gonna be easy to deal with man seeing my mom break down and do the ugly face cry oh dude it broke my heart man so um but it was cool. Got to hang out and chill with the, with the people this weekend. Um, that was uh, obviously a good time. 
Um, but yo, it's 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 good here in Chicago, man. And uh, we had some amazing fights here this weekend. Bellator 221 was here, headlined by, um, you know, one of the the Pitbull brothers and uh, Michael Chandler. Um, we also had Douglas Lima fighting MVP on that card. Um, and then the UFC was in Brazil this weekend with their pay per view UFC 237, and that was with um rose nama Yunus and jessica andraj on top of an incredible boxing fight which a lot of people are already saying is the fight of the year man in that um uh is julian williams the new super welterweight champion um at 154 pounds and um ursher jr middleweight whatever you want to call him i don't care uh, but uh, he went ahead and beat Jared Hurd for the um, the 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 lineal, I guess you can say, fifty four pound, uh, one hundred fifty four pound title, and it was an incredible fight, man. So I'm gonna break that down a little bit more for you guys. Um, man, we have ba- the playoffs and the bas- basketball playoffs are great. Uh, all my homies from New York are heartbroken right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally just got done watching the draft and, uh, the Pelicans of all people got the number one pick. They got those young Zion Swoopy States. Uh, so it looks like the, the Pelicans are going to end up getting that, uh, Knicks fans are hurt, but, uh, NBA playoffs have been fired too. Uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard out of here hitting game-winning shots uh, against uh, Philly and my boy Jimmy Butler. Um, yo, that kept on messing with and talking trash to Steph. Steph went nuts on them, and now they're uh, in the Western Conference Finals against Portland. Yo, it's a lot of great sports going on right now. Um, it's a great time of year for it, uh, and the weather's starting to turn. So, you know, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into what we're actually here to listen to, and that obviously is uh, is fights, man. So um, what I do want to start off with, uh, let's go ahead and kick it off because it started off here uh, in the city. And I, I kind of want to go, I don't know, a little bit more in depth, but definitely something worth uh, mentioning. And um, let's go ahead and jump into Bellator 221. So look, man, Bellator um, was headlined by Michael Chandler and uh, Patricky Pitbull, the 145 pound champion. Now, look, man, we know he has a brother and and there was a reason I was thinking about it because, yo, these dudes have crazy beef. Um, and I couldn't figure out why. I, I figured it out now, man. I was listening to um, actually Chael Sonnen uh, earlier this week who actually fights for Bellator and works for them as well. Um, doing, you know, working at the desk and doing play by play. And one thing I would absolutely say um, is that it seems like this whole beef started strictly because... Michael Chandler beat Pitbull's brother, also named Pitbull, twice. And afterwards, he says, I guess I own the Pitbull family. Well, look, man, the 145-pound champion uh, Pitbull didn't like um, what he said. He got pissed off. He he took it personal. And um, he moves up in weight to go ahead and challenge for the 155-pound title. And um, and this is the thing. And again, I broke this down before the last episode. This was a fight really for the greatest fighter in Bellator history. Both men had the exact same amount of wins. Both men had the exact same amount of knockouts. Um, 
And they are both the highest profile and the biggest name. And again, the longest tenured guys in Bellator. So this was for the not only for the the 155 pound uh, strap. It was for the greatest Bellator fighter of all time. And um, the fight kicks off. And obviously, look, it did not go without controversy. Uh, Pitbull goes out here and within a minute and a half ends up knocking out Michael Chandler. Um, A lot of people think this fight was stopped early. (sighs) A lot of people also say Michael Chandler got dropped twice and this and that. Okay, so. We look at the exchange. They both men started off looking great, moving incredibly well. And again, crowd is going nuts. They just had an amazing event um, with Michael Chandler and uh, or not Michael Chandler. I'm sorry. With Michael Venom Page and Douglas Lima before that. So the Chicago audience is buzzing. Everybody loves it. The energy in the arena is big and everybody knows how big this championship fight was. So arena's going nuts there. The Rosemont Horizon out there. Um, or I think they call it Allstate Arena now. Psh, man, fam, I'm from the city. We used to call it the Rosemont Horizon. Now I believe it's like the Allstate Arena or something like that. Regardless, that's where they're at there in Rosemont, Illinois, which is about honestly 12 miles, 12 to 15 miles outside of the city. Um, so they were out there uh, making that happen, but the crowd was incredible. The crowd is incredible. The fight starts off. And one thing off the bat that I can see and you can tell is that Pitbull's hand speed. Yes, he's the much smaller man, but he carries a punch and he has incredible hand speed. With that incredible hand speed, he ended up, you know, they're essentially going into a firefight. He catches Michael Chandler, flash knockdown, caught him behind the ear, knocked off his balance, his equilibrium jumps on him, throws a couple more shots. Michael Chandler does not react right away. As he's standing up, the ref jumps in, breaks up the fight. Michael Chandler, obviously, you know, is looking at it. He's he's contesting the stoppage. And look, I, I don't I don't blame him. Um, I will say this. When you're on the bottom, you're getting hit, you need to react. You can't take three, four unanswered shots without some refs, especially certain refs who aren't as, I mean, look, we don't got Herb Dean out there, right? So when you're getting cracked like that, anybody else is going to go ahead and stop it because they're out there to protect the athletes. Yes. You also have to know the athletes. These are champions. When it's like up and coming dudes, this fight really don't mean shit. Look, stop the fight. I get it. Dudes hurt. We're not chancing anything, but we're talking about a legacy fight. We're talking about two champions. You let that go. I rather, and I know this is going to sound nuts, but I rather him take one more shot than one less shot and then stopping a champion from retaining his belt. That's unacceptable, man. So um, this fight, I absolutely believe it's going to end up being a, um, a rematch. Um, Pitbull feels like he won. He feels vindicated. Um, on the other hand, Michael Chandler, he's butthurt as well. He should be. He should be butthurt. Um, but it's OK. Patricky Pitbull. Look, um, yo, 
the greatest champion in Bellator history. He now has the most wins and the most finishes passing Michael Chandler by one event each, man. So you got to show the man some love. But look, it's a fight that I'm going to be interested in watching again, man. So um, look, it is what it is. This is the sport. Knockouts happens. And this is something that I have always said in this sport. No matter who you are, doesn't matter. Everybody gets touched everybody does look conor mcgregor champion touched um out I, I mean anderson silva we can go down the list these great champions bj penn i can go down the list everybody eventually gets touched man look at max holloway somebody who i have in my top three pound for pound got touched it happens it's okay it's part of the sport, man. So will he be back? Of course. Is he disappointed? Of course. But what are we going to do, man? Um, I, I anticipate before the end of this year, we'll end up getting a rematch because it was as controversial as it was. All right. Coleman event. This is the one I really want to talk about. The former two-time welterweight champion, Douglas Lima, is fighting against the hyped... British striker Michael Venom Page. Michael Venom Page, a lot of us know him, especially if you you know you watch Sports Center, you watch other things. We understand, we know Michael Venom Page because of his highlight reel finishes. Him throwing the flying knee, denting um Cristiano Cyborg's forehead, right? Um, him beating the hell out of the cave caveman and making him quit. We see all of these highlights, but something that a lot of Fight fans have said, a lot of people in the industry have said is, look, who has he fought? Yes, he looks great, but Bellator is giving him scrubs. So what's going on and what's really going to happen when he has a legitimate dog in front of him? We thought we were going to get that in his last fight against Paul Daly, but Paul didn't show up. He had a different mindset and he didn't want to go out there and really fight like a vet. One thing we knew for a fact is that Douglas Lima is this guy. Douglas Lima is somebody, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Think about your favorite fighter in MMA. Chances are Douglas Lima is probably a better fighter. He's somebody who is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. And he's incredible on the ground. But surprisingly, he might be more devastating on the feet. Incredible kicks, incredible leg kicks, huge power in his hands. If you go out there to go ahead and fight against Douglas Lima, look, man, chances are you're going to go ahead and take an L because the dude is a, is a great. The only person he's lost to recently, he lost to in the past. He lost to Andre Korshkov, who is the former champion as well. No shame in that. He came back and actually knocked him out. First round of this, this um, first round of this tournament. He actually knocked him out in the second round. Devastating knockout. His loss before that was to Ben Askren. Man, incredible grappler. It was earlier in his career. I would like to see this fight now. And his last loss he ended up losing to was to the current champion in Roar McDonald. And that was a fight that could have gone either way. He is that good. And in the welterweight division, that's 170 pounds in all of MMA. 155 and 170 are the two best divisions in the sport. 
hands down. So think about that. He is somebody who the the people in the industry, this was going to be the fight for Michael Venom Page. We will see if he is elite. We'll see how he does with this one. So fight kicks off. Again, crowd is going nuts because everybody knows MVP. Douglas Sleem is a quiet guy, man. Nobody really knows. Again, unless you're in the industry, know who he is. The world found out. So he goes out here, they're moving in. And one thing that off the bat, Douglas Lima really showed is that, so for this camp, Douglas Lima, not only does he train in his team here in the States, he went out there and actually trained in, um, for this striker, he actually trained um, in Thailand and worked on his thing. So w- with me saying that, I hope you all remember the last thing I said when I talked about the way to beat Michael Venom Page. How do you beat Michael Venom Page? And if you look at, the type of striker he is in and out, you know, point karate, taekwondo type fighter, incredible striker, not taking anything away from him. But look at history. Look at Raymond Daniels, who fights for also fights um, in Bellator right now, but he used to fight for glory. He fought against two individuals that I, I want to bring up because Raymond Daniels, as dynamic as he was, and again, he's somebody who, if we forgot through uh, last week, was in the news for throwing this crazy spinning, you know, t- tornado knockout, right? Very similar style. Somebody who's actually fought Michael Venom Page in kickboxing way back in the day. How do you beat those kind of guys? Well, look at Nikki Holskin, one of the greatest kickboxers in the world currently fighting for one's kickboxing welterweight tournament that I'll talk about in the next few episodes, um, which should be incredible. You have Nikki Holskin, you have Yachts and Clyde Ferretex, two of the greatest of all time. So again, how do you beat those guys? Well, Nikki Holskin and the same thing, Joseph Veltolini did the exact same thing to Raymond Daniels. Great tie boxing. You walk them down and you beat them up with leg kicks because what you want to do, they're so dynamic in terms of a Raymond Daniels and a Michael Venom Page is that they they, they jump in and out. They're quick. Come in, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, come out. They're like a snake. How do you beat that? Well, you beat up the legs. Just like in boxing, how you'll sit there and you dig to the body to slow down your opponent. Same thing. Beat them to the legs. You can't move as well. That's how Joseph Vatellini, former champion, uh, 170-pound champion at, at uh, Bellator, not Bellator, I'm sorry, in glory, in the exact same way, Nikki Holskin also beat Raymond Daniels. So for me, I'm looking at it, look, keep a high guard. Obviously, you have to have a high skill level, but with Sander Barrage, land late kicks, get in the inside, land your shots. That's how you beat that type of fighter. Don't get it twisted. Not everybody can do that. It takes a special athlete to do that. But I felt like Douglas Lima was going to be able to do that against Michael Venom Page. And guess what? One thing Douglas Lima said is, look, I'm going to Thailand to train for this. Because, look, I'm going to stand with him. And this is what he said. And this really caught me off guard. He said, look, I'm going to stand with him. And if the standing with him doesn't work, well, then I'll take him down. I love when fighters are open and honest like this. That's legit. Hey, man, I believe in my striking. I'm going to do my thing standing up with them. But if it's not working out, I know I'm better than them on the ground. That's my game plan. 
So how did the fight play out? They start moving around and um, Michael Venom Page is, you know, moving again. First round is a lot of feeling out uh, process. And um, he ended up, again, getting blasted, not just with a regular leg kick, like the ties throw, tend to throw to the thigh and to the body. Douglas Lima was thrown to the calf. Ooh, if you've never been kicked in the leg, period, it sucks. But if you got kicked in the calf, oh my God, your whole leg goes dead. Your entire leg goes dead. So we're looking at this happening, right? The whole, his, his, his leg went dead. Um... It didn't go dead, but you can tell they didn't have the same spring. Um, towards the end of the round, um, Douglas Lima ends up taking Michael Venom Page down. Um, can't do much damage. Uh, Michael Venom Page does an incredible job of stopping the damage, really holding guard. He's a long guy. He's strong. So he was able to, to mitigate a lot of the damage that was actually happening. Hmm. Second round. Michael Venom Page... Thinks he gets off. Thinks he catches. After taking some brutal leg kicks, he thinks he catches um, Douglas Lima. Did he really catch him? Douglas Lima actually tripped. If you look at the replay, he trips. And Michael Venom Page thinks that he gets he, he, he stumbles or he was hurt. So he goes on the attack and he starts doing his Michael Venom Page, that Venom playful, you know, attacking, trying to confuse his opponent. Now, one thing I'll say that I could tell was really frustrating Michael Venom Page that he was trying to do throughout the fight is the more he moved, usually his opponents bite on his fakes. Look at the way the caveman did it. Every time he faked, he'd, he'd bite and he'd get blasted. But Douglas Lima, look, I don't know if it's his... It, I, look, it's just because he's a vet. He's been in there with everybody. He's seen everything, so he didn't bite on anything. And when Venom Page finally believed he was hurt, it made him attack, I think, even more than he was ready for. So he goes out there. He's doing his thing. He's doing what we are accustomed to watch him do when he starts picking these opponents apart. Douglas Lima doesn't phase him, lands a huge leg kick that literally takes him off his feet. Knocks Michael Venom Page down, sweeps him with a huge leg kick. As Michael Venom Page is trying to stand up, Douglas Lehman lands an incredible bomb. Boom! Devastating KO. Michael Venom Page is knocked out. Douglas Lehman walks off. He's heading to the finals in the World Tour Grand Prix. Um, hey, guys. This happened because Douglas Lehman is better. And I thoroughly believe that Michael Venom Page was exposed. Now, this is what we need to see. Because now he's fought the best. We can't give him these bullshit fights anymore, Bellator. You can't. Throw him in here with the big dogs now. He's fought the big dogs. That's who he should fight next. And now we will see if Michael Venom Page will sink or swim. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sold. I haven't been sold. And this, to me, just solidified a lot. If somebody has been in the game is schooled enough they're not going to play that game and if they don't play that game what happens he gets beat keep that in mind let's see how he ends up rebounding and honestly i don't believe he's going to rebound well why why don't you think why don't you think or why do you think i don't think he's going to rebound well well look i'm gonna be honest with you he's not gonna rebound well 
strictly because he doesn't think he has anything to work on. He doesn't think he lost like that. And let me let you listen to what the man had to say. take some time to nah you know I felt like I I was in control I was the dominant fighter there and to say that against someone of his caliber just means like again it was a mistake and you just and I I did say you know previous interviews I said you have to have eyes wide from start to finish one mistake can, can change that fight around regardless of how successful you're being and I allowed that mistake to happen. So, you know, it's all it's all on me, back to the drawing board. So my instinct is to, to make the right decision in moments like that. So is it safe to say you'd like to see him come out on top of the tournament? 100%. Uh, like I said, I've been, I've been a fan of him for a long time anyway. It's not, it's not even just that, just so I can say, you know, oh, you know, I lost to the person that won, although I'm definitely going to be saying that. Um, it's, it's more because, I, I, like I said, I am a fan of him. Uh, I do respect him as a person and as a martial artist. So, I, you know, I, I really do want him to win. You know. So this is what I'll say. First and foremost, before I shit on him. I love the respect. I love how he's saying, look, man, I've been a fan of dude forever. You know, I want another shot. But the fact that he believed he was the dominant fighter. Yo, my man, you're, you're concussed. Go back and watch the fight. You did nothing. You had zero moments. So interested, interested to see what's going to happen in the future with him. Um, I do believe Douglas Lima will. And he's the one who I had picked to win the tournament from the beginning. And I thoroughly believe he will win the tournament at the end of the day. So I can't wait to see it, man. Um, uh, But we'll see what happens, man. All right. Moving right along because, yo. UFC was also rocking this weekend, and in the UFC, obviously, it was Rose Namajunas, the champion, versus Jessica Andrade. Um, yo, where do I begin with this? All right, so this fight was in Brazil, and <laughs> and look, I'm gonna talk about the Brazil fans in a minute, but um, Rose Namajunas, Rose Namajunas, in my opinion is still probably the best the best fighter at 115 pounds. With that being said, Jessica Andrade won the fight in the second round with a KO. How did it happen? All right, so Rose Namajunas beat the shit out of Jessica Andrade. Rose was looking better than I ever seen her look. Incredible footwork. Beating... Jessica Andrade to the punch. She looked like the most elite female fighter I have ever seen. Long jabs, catching her hard power on the inside, leg kicks. Even when the fight hit the ground, she was a step ahead. Confident, incredible, great movement. First round, I had 10-8. Total domination. Second round is more of the same. And then Jessica Andrade living up to her nickname, which in um, it's in Portuguese, obviously in English, it translates to the power driver because of the move that she does. And she does slam a lot of individuals. And the reason she got the nickname is because in jujitsu growing up, she ended up power driving a young lady and ended up getting disqualified in this fight. She did that exact move picked up. Rose Namajunas, um, 
single leg, high crotch, picked her up, put her on her, dropped her on her neck, essentially, um, put out Rose Namajunas. Now, look, I'm not crying foul. It's a part of the game. She used her skill set and what she was good at to win the fight. Kudos to her. She will not retain this belt. And if they fight again, she gets thoroughly dominated. It's just a difference in skill set. Because if you look at it, Rose is winning the exact same way that uh, Joanna Janjacek won. So, Jessica Andraj, and let me say this, because I don't want to sound like I'm just crushing her. She is the most decorated fighter now, female fighter in the UFC history. She has the most wins in um, in the division. Most wins out of any female fighter in the UFC. Look at who she's beaten. She's beaten some incredible people. Claudia Gadelia. Um, oh, man. I mean, just, you, we go down the list. She's a, an absolute monster. Absolute monster. Fought at 135 pounds, beat incredible people there, came down to 115, is a champion. She's a beast. Absolute beast. Um, now, after the fight, Rose Nama Yunus, even though she did dominate, they asked her how she was. She said she felt relieved. She's like, Y'all, I'm good. I'm relieved. I'm great. Um, they asked her about her retirement, and she said, mm, maybe she's 26 years old um she's somebody whom is an incredible fighter you look at her record which is eight and four and it looks real saucy it's not representative of the fighter that she is she's incredible and here's the thing if she does not want to fight again i'm not mad at her but look let's give her two weeks she was concussed. Everyone's making a big deal out of it. I'm not here to make any declarations of anything until we end up seeing what happens. Now, what's going to happen next? If Rose is healthy, Rose should get the title shot if she is healthy. And if she wants to continue um, fighting. Why is that? Well, because she was dominating the fight. That's why you say that. If she's not, or she needs some extended time off. You give ta- the winner of the Tatiana Suarez fight, who I thoroughly and she is fighting. Um, uh, man, uh, she is fighting, and I don't want to disrespect her. She's fighting American Top Team hopeful. Um, man, Amanda Nunez's uh fiance. Who's an incredible fighter and an incredible striker. I thoroughly believe this is for a number one contender fight. And I thoroughly believe um, Tatiana Suarez should run completely through her. I think Tatiana Suarez is the best at that division right now. I think she will beat, if she fights Jessica Andrade, she completely dominates and uh, and wins. She will not get taken down that way. She is a better wrestler. She's one of the best wrestlers in the world. So that's the fight that I want to see next if we don't see um, Rose Nama Yunus. Um, Yo, with that being said, remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. If you're not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers fitness mentoring and nutrition consultation. 
We have a team of experts who help you build a four-week program for your nutrition and for your workouts that are built specifically for you. Go on the website, www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. And you today can get that Sage Eats feel, that Sage Eats love, and continue living wise with Sage Eats. Check them out, sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. All right. Uh, Jumping back into it, man, the rest of the fight card, uh, co-main event, was uh Aldo uh, Jose Aldo one of the greatest if not the greatest champions at 145 pounds was fighting the Aussie Alexander Volkanovsky fam I'm telling you this part of the world New Zealand and them and um actually Alexander Volkanovsky somebody who actually trains at City Sports up there with the man the myth my boy Israel Adesanya and um, one thing that I have to say about this team is, man, striking wise, they are incredibly skilled um, and well-schooled. I have to give them props. Um, but Alexander Volkanovsky wins a unanimous decision against Jose Aldo um, on all cards. Um, look, man, this was a good fight. It was a very good fight. Um, it was a fight where Alexander Volkanovsky really showed who he was. Um, he's somebody who can fights with a very similar pace to a Max Holloway. And he does something a lot of other fighters don't do. Stick and move, stick and move, stick and move. And being somebody who is as physical and as yoked as he is. And look, man, this dude fights at a buck 45, right? Check this out. He used to be uh, a, uh, a rugby player. He used to fight at the, he used to, when he played rugby, he was 211 pounds. So this is somebody who is not that tall. Was super yoked, you know he's strong. But the way he fights, it's being quick and a gang of cardio. And it's beautiful to watch. Um, great in and out movement. He sticks, he gets hit without getting hit. And honestly, the reason that Jose Aldo lost his fight is just because he wasn't getting off. He wasn't, you know, throwing as many punches as Al- his His activity and his volume could not keep up with Volkanovski. He looks great. In my opinion, he deserves a title shot next, especially after beating Jose Aldo. Um, Yeah, he won because of his pace. Aldo looked good. And he thought that, you know, yo, that's not what he should get. You know, oh, I fought bad. Look, he didn't. And he'll be back. And to me, he didn't show him. He didn't look like a defeated champion. He just looked like he lost that day. If they fight again, it could go the other way. Truly, it could go the other way. But it seemed like Jose Aldo was just waiting, sitting around and waiting um, as opposed to attacking, man. So does Volkanovski deserve a title shot or does Frankie Edgar deserve a title shot? If you give it to Frankie, he's somebody whom he's a company man. He deserves it. He's been there long enough. But if we're looking at who deserves it based on who they've recently beaten hands down it's it's Volkanovski man um Volkanovski can keep up with Max Holloway's pace it's a new matchup I'm looking forward to seeing that matchup man so we'll see what happens in the very near future man um Couple of the ones I want to touch on really quick uh so so we move on you know I don't want to waste too much time on this um, Anderson Silva, Jared Cantonier. Jared Cantonier um, defeats Anderson Silva by a second round TKO leg kicks. 
All right, where to begin? Anderson Silva needs to retire. 44 years old. He he lost the fight because Jared Cannonier beat the shit out of his legs. And Anderson couldn't take it anymore. Um, and, and, and he was down on the ground for an extra two to, two to five minutes after the fight was called. Um, it was scary because it looked like he might have blown his knee out. Um, afterwards, it seems like MRI um, that came in yesterday. There's no damage to the knee. So he just got beat beat up. Um, good win by Jared Cannonier. I don't understand why this fight was even made. I don't understand why Anderson Silva was even fighting. Um, Brazilian fans, get over yourselves. Like, for real. After the fight, Jared Cannonier went out there and did his thing. He beat one of the greatest fighters of all time, even though he's a little long in the tooth. He still went out there and won and he dominated. Not saying that Anderson looked bad because he didn't, but he, he got beat up. He just lost. Brazilian fans, yo, you're whack. Booing somebody. You act like he went out there and like, what's he supposed to do? And, and I'm so happy. So afterwards, Jared Cannonier literally stood there and I'm so happy he did this. Afterwards, they're trying to interview him in the cage after he defeated Anderson Silva. Anderson's still laying on the floor, writhing in pain. The crowd's booing him chanting the entire time you're gonna die you're gonna die so you buy more in in in, in uh, portuguese they're booing them jerry can't most americans when they beat guys brazil i love you i know you're booing me but I have so much respect i love you guys being here thank you so much oh my god jared didn't do that and in fact, let me tell you this. All you fighters that do this, yo fam, you're corny. Stop being so corny. If someone's going to disrespect you like that, lo, let it be known. And that's what Jaron Cantonier did. They booed and my man took a solid 15 count and just looked at the crowd. And pretty much said, look man, I respect Anderson Silva. Crowd, y'all don't respect me, I don't respect you. I fuck with that. Ooh, Jaron Cantonier, you earned a fan, my guy. I love it, and I want more fighters. When they go to Brazil, do that. Do that. Look, man, y'all gonna boo me. Y'all gonna disrespect me. I'm gonna disrespect you. I'm gonna respect the man I gotta fight. But for the rest of y'all, yo, middle fingers to the sky. Y'all can kick rocks sideways. And I'm glad Jaron Catanier did that, man. And Brazilian fans, get over yourselves. Um... Last thing I want to talk about this fight before we um, cruise through fight news for a second. The saddest news of the weekend, and in my opinion, the biggest loser of the weekend. So this is my already loser of the weekend segment. Winners and losers. Um, obviously, the winners of the weekend, you have to say Douglas Lima by far is the winner of the weekend. He beat the, 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 the man with the biggest amount of hype. With the biggest finish of the weekend, he now has more of a name and respect. By far the biggest one of the weekend. I'm so happy for him. The biggest loser of the weekend is one of the legends and one of my favorite fighters in the sport. If you're just getting into the sport, you don't understand and you don't even care. BJ Penn, former welterweight champion, one of, if not the greatest um, lightweight champion in MMA history. Somebody who 
if you grew up with MMA, man, that, that was the guy. From Brazil, not from Brazil, I'm sorry, from Hawaii, super dope. Um, if it wasn't for BJ Penn, there would be no Max Holloway. There would be no uh, Liam Lee McFarlane. He's that guy. BJ's the man. There would be no Yancey Medeiros if it wasn't for BJ. The BJ Penn is somebody who is, they call him a prodigy um, because only training something like two years in jiu-jitsu, he won a world championship. The first American to win a world championship in jiu-jitsu. Dude is an absolute beast. But now... He is currently on the longest losing streak in UFC history. Seven fights. He has not won a fight since 2010. Fight fans, media, his team. Somebody needs to tell him, be honest. Be honest with yourselves. Be honest with BJ. There's no ray in hell. There's no reason in hell BJ Penn needs to be fighting anymore. Do not sanction him. Do not support this. Do not support it. This man is going to die in the cage if we give him an opportunity to do so. Do not sanction BJ Penn to fight. He doesn't deserve it. He hasn't won in 10 years. Only time you give him somebody is if you're giving him a bum. An absolute bum. BJ Penn is not UFC caliber. BJ Penn isn't even Bellator caliber. And we have to respect that. We have to understand that. BJ Penn is the biggest loser of the weekend and the UFC is because they put him in there also. I'm sorry to say it. It's just the reality of it. All right, man. Um, last thing I want to talk about fight news and I will dive into this a little bit deeper in my episode this week when I talk more boxing. But Jared heard the unified um, champion at 154 pounds Got his ass completely whooped by Julian Williams out of Philly. J-Rock, somebody whom um, I spoke about very highly on the show. The only, uh, the big L that he has on his record is against Jamal Charlo. No shame in that. And a lot of people have, have shit on him. Thought he was a loser, thought he wasn't ready. But it seems like. He found his stride. He seemed extremely skilled. Oh, what an incredible boxing fight, man. Um, These gentlemen went out there. Julian Williams dropped uh, the champion herd in the second round with a thudding left hook. Incredible fight all the way around. Um, I only gave Jared Hurd two rounds. I couldn't. I've watched it a couple times. I can't give him any more than two. Total domination, but it's still an extremely... um, entertaining uh fight uh, again i'll talk about that more but uh yo man boxing is incredible right now so many great matchups um and uh yo every weight class but especially 140 147 154 160 and heavyweight oh so awesome bro i love it i love it so much Great matchups, great champions, some of the best boxing ever, man. So uh, great win by Julian Williams. Uh, We'll be talking about that a little bit more in depth uh, later on this week. All right. Uh, Fight news. Fight news. All right. We made it back. We got some fight news of the week. And uh, check this out, man. Um, I want to start off a little bit with some MMA. And we're going to talk about 
somebody who's been around in a while, somebody who is a vet of the sport, Neil Magny. Fights at 170 pounds. He's beaten some of the best of the best. Um, has beaten Hector Lombard even. Dude is a monster. Um, he was supposed to fight this weekend uh, against Vicente Luque, but he has been flagged and pulled because of USADA test violation. Neil Magny, always the consummate professional, um, actually went out on social media and said, as many of you know, I had to withdraw from my scheduled bout against Vicente Luque. I can't, can't say my man's name. It's my last name. Uh, Vicente Luque on Saturday, May 18th. I want to apologize to him as I know how difficult it is to lose an opponent days out from a fight. Throughout my MMA career, I have been very transparent. I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. On Saturday, May 11th, 2019, I received an email from USADA stating that I had been flagged due to an out-of-competition drug test. The flag was due to metabolite substance dihydroxy-LGD-4033. Whoa. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I have fully cooperated with USADA thus far to determine how this substance was found in my sample. I provided them on May 5th, 2019. I've always been an advocate for strict jerk testing in UFC, even to the extent of opting for my collected samples to be used for research purposes by USADA. I know without a doubt that I have done everything according to the standards set by USADA. I have faith in USADA that the situation will be resolved in a timely manner and that I will be cleared of any wrongdoing. To all my fans and supporters, thank you. I assure you that I have not let you down. All right, and that was from Neil Magny. That was from his own uh, social media page, Neil underscore Magny 170 on IG. All right. Yo. I'm gonna be honest with you. This has happened. Um, this happened with Sean. Um, this happened with a lot of guys, man. And this brings me to the question: Is is Usada even beneficial anymore? I understand why they brought Usada to UFC. They want to sell it, and they sold it for four billion dollars. I get it. It made it made it more quote unquote professional. But man, we're getting all of these violations. And, I, and dude, when I went to go look it up, because I wanted to give you guys the exact numbers on how many. But you, there were so many, I couldn't even get the exact number. It seems like every major card somebody's pulled off from a USADA violation. And half the time, the USADA violations end up being some bullshit. Look at Josh Barnett. They took two years from him. And it ended up being nothing. Sean O'Connell, somebody else coming up, up and coming star. He got popped for some bullshit that didn't even matter. We can go down the list. This happens over and over and over and over again. And it brings the question, is this even necessary anymore? Look at Bellator. They have regular testing and their big events never fall through. Not saying that there isn't a place for strict drug testing and things like that. But man, you guys are starting to make the sport look bad. And I hate to be that guy, but fam, they're doing more damage than good. USADA, they, they've become somebody who they're, they're, they're costing the organization money. 
And we can't even say that what they're doing is beneficial because they have an office in the UFC PI. UFC Performance Institute, their big building. They have an office in the building. So you know it's a conflict of interests. A la John Jones, Mr. Pico Graham himself. Brock Lesnar, who pissed hot and they don't give a damn. If you sell pay-per-views, they don't give a damn. And that's why I am thoroughly believe that USADA has to go. There's no reason for it. They're making the sport look bad. Get rid of it, man. And, and I think it'll be better for everybody. Um, speaking of uh, moving right along, Frankie Edgar. And I know I just talked about this and I teased it and I had to go. Who deserves a 145-pound championship? I said it was Alexander Volkanovsky. Well, guess what? The UFC doesn't agree with me because last night... Frankie, the answer, Edgar, one of my favorite fighters of all time. I love Frankie, former 155-pound champion, um, consummate professional company man. He's just wins. Finally, his is the opportunity to go ahead and fight against Max Holloway for the 145-pound title, and that will be held at UFC 240 in Edmonton. Look, man. Um, I think this is great for Frankie. I'm happy for Frankie. Um, I I think Frankie gets beat up. Um, I'll break it down um, when we get a little bit closer to this. But look, man, Frankie Edgar gets it. Am I mad that Frankie got it and Volkanovski didn't? No, I'm not mad about it at all. And look, man, Frankie is excited. They said, you know, he said um, he felt that he, they said he's giddy. He said he felt he deserved it. And to an extent, he did deserve it. And I'm not mad at that. And this is kind of one of those career achievements. Look, man, you, you've played ball. You've done everything. You fought Brian Ortega on 10 days notice. That was for a title. Cool. Here you go. And they're giving it to Frankie. This is Frankie Edgar's third shot at this title. If he does not beat Max Holloway, I believe this is going to be the last time we see him get a title shot. So we'll end up seeing what happens. Um, another in-fight picks, and we talked about this, DC is, um, and Stipe Miocic, they're, they're back at it. And remember, the first time they fought, it was one of those things that was um it, it was friendly they were on the ultimate fighter a lot they you know they talked trash together they they smiled and laughed and joked and it was cool it, it was cool but it seems like the beef has really really started to pick up um Stipe Miocic went on a Ariel Hawani show this week that's on ESPN and um when Stipe went out there because Daniel's been saying that Stipe has been acting entitled um and Miocic said he's not impressed. He says, you know, if the roles were reversed, he'd be doing the exact same thing. One minute he says, I'm deserving. And if I don't fight Brock, he'll get the fight. And then he's like, no, you got to fight like three times before you get a fight for the title. You got to work your way up like everybody else. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And this is Stipe, by the way. You just said I deserve it. He's like a woman. When they want to get out there and eat dinner, but they have no idea what they want to go out and eat, but they say they want to go eat somewhere else, but they change their mind. I had no idea about the Brock thing until literally right before I walked out for the fight. So he's an idiot. He literally said one thing, then something else. I don't even 
list anymore. I don't care. I'm fighting him at UFC 241. That's all I care about. I'm going to be I'm going to be the guy that retires them. All right. And this is what Stipe said. Look, man, I'm happy Stipe got the title shot. I am. I really am. Did Stipe deserve the title shot? Nah, man, I hate the way he did it. Because I'm going to be honest with you, Stipe did come off as entitled. Super entitled. Nope, I got knocked out in the first round. I deserve a title shot. Mm Mm-hmm, yep, no matter what. Fam, you got blasted. You got knocked out in the first round. Has Jose Aldo got a title shot after... He got blitzed in 14 seconds against Connor, even though he was the longest reigning champion of that weight class? No. Why should you? You don't sell, you don't make money. It's ridiculous as it is. I think Stipe is incredibly fun to watch. I love Stipe. But when it boils down to it, who's going to make more cash? Stipe or one of the biggest pay-per-view stars of all time? And Brock Lesnar, who comes with a full uh, fan base already. What's Stipe going to bring? All of Cleveland? Cleveland, y'all barely, y'all don't even show for the Cavs anymore. How you going to show for Stipe? Are you kidding me? Get up out of here. Y'all got the Browns now. Enjoy. Stipe was entitled. And look, I am happy that it went ahead and got the title shot. But at the end of the day, he didn't deserve it. He didn't. But I will say this, the first fight was real chummy. They were cool. Now there's beef, now there's tension. I like it. I'm excited for this fight at 241, and that card is stacked. That same card, you got that fight. You got um, this upcoming fight coming up, and that is UFC 241, and that is my boy, Nick Diaz, is finally back. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. He's back. And he's fighting against Anthony Showtime Pettis. Look, this is a fight also. These guys, this is going to be the co-main event. These guys have beef. I hope this comes to fruition. It will be at 170 pounds. I cannot wait. I can't wait. This is an interesting fight. This is entertaining. I believe Anthony Pettis will get a win this fight. But oof, this is going to be fun. Um, Last little bit of news I want to talk about is... Daniel Cormier and John Jones. So John Jones was asked recently, um, and he's talking about uh, DC because DC recently in an interview said he wanted to come, he wants to after he beats Stepe he wants to jump back down to uh, a buck uh, or two oh five and fight John Jones. John Jones says he doesn't believe that's going to happen, and this is what he actually had to say about it. And I thought this was interesting. He said, "There's no way he's coming back to light heavyweight to commit your life to lose that type of weight." And to come up short again would be devastating. It would take an incredible amount of courage to attempt it. And to come up short would be just so devastating. I doubt he'll put himself through that for a third time. Daniel Cormier is a special athlete. And everyone can be beat. I think my greatest chance of losing will be to a guy like Daniel Cormier. With giving him a power and a strength advantage over me. It just doesn't make sense. Right now, I'm a light heavyweight. I make my light heavyweight so easy. It just wouldn't make sense for me to fight a guy who technically is not on your level and to give him a... Wait, to, to fight a guy who makes no sense, a guy who is technically on your level. There we go. Who guy if I technically is on your level and to give him a size advantage, I'm not doing it. 
And that was an interview with BT Sports um, with Dan Hardy. Yo, real quick, Dan Hardy, man, kudos to that man. I, I, he is becoming one of the best analysts and commentators in the game. Um, I'm a huge fan of Dan Hardy. Um, and you know what? I have to get. I don't give John Jones much props, but I gotta give his him props for his transparency um, with this one and admitting to being like, no, I'm not, I don't want to fight him there because. I'm not giving myself an opportunity to win. DC can beat me there. For him to say that and be transparent in that, I appreciate. But it does make me feel like this fight won't happen. Um, I think DC is probably going to end up beating um, Daniel Cor or beating Stipe and then sailing off in the sunset because I don't see that fight happening once again. Um, and it's just me. I don't I don't see it happening. A lot of people do. A lot of pundits are saying like, yo, it's going to happen. Yeah. After listening to that, it doesn't seem like John has any desire to give Daniel any advantage. He understands that when Daniel comes to 205, he's dehydrated. He is not at his healthiest and he still gives John everything that he can handle. So for him to say, look, man, this guy is technically just as good as I am. And the only reason that I can beat him is because I have the advantage because he depletes himself to make this weight. Yo, DC, you should take that as a victory. Take it, sail off into the sunset. You are one of the greatest fighters of all time. Probably 1B. 1A, 1B, depending on whoever's doing it. John's probably 1A. And you guys are always going to be linked sometime in, in, in back in, you know, in the future. Y'all can be cool like we see uh, Tommy Hitman Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard. Maybe we can see that in the future. Who knows? Um, Man. All in all, man, yo, great, great fights this weekend. Great fights this upcoming week. Obviously, I have some things to break that down. Yo, finally, we got a guest. We got a guest coming back on this week. Um, that will come up very soon. We have one of the PFL's top heavyweights coming on to discuss the PFL tournament. And I will bring that to you very soon, um, as well as my conversation this week with Brandon Camille, my weekly contributor on boxing. And so much more. Thank you guys for listening, man. Um, this has been episode 112 of the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Serge Vicente. And remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Uh, apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. Follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Check out the website, thefightpodcast.com. Support the show. Um, interact with us, ask us questions, and we're going to be here for you guys so many more times uh, throughout the week and throughout history, man. With that being said, again, this has been episode 112. I'm your host, Serge Vicente. I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. I'll see you here next time uh, on the Fight Podcast. Deuces! Deuces!